Welcome back. It is time for another episode of the Tan and J-Man Show. I'm the J-Man, Josh Munt, and sitting to my, that would be my right, my right is Tanner Lee, also known as a T-Dog around these parts. Uh, how you doing out there, <laughs> Tanner Man? I'm doing good, J-Man. Have a good Easter weekend? Had a pretty good, pretty, pretty good. It was nice weather, good food, good times. I hear you. The Master Sunday was on Easter Sunday, and uh, doesn't get much better than that for a golf fan on Easter. So. Mm-hmm. How often is it on Easter? It's like once it feels every like couple it's every, of years or something? Yeah, every couple of years it feels like it. Yeah. Um, and usually if it's on Easter, you can expect a, a Spaniard to win. That's what it seems like so. happens. Yeah. How many, how many holes did they play yesterday? They played 36? The leaders played 30 because um, okay. they finished six holes on Saturday. They literally mm-hmm. were on TV for like 20 minutes on Saturday by the yeah. time CBS coverage came on. So Yeah. Well, they had those terrible storms down there on Friday where trees fell and all that, and then it sounds like they just got torrential downpours on Saturday. Yeah. Um, unplayable. Yeah. yeah, it was like 50 degrees, if that, and just oh, downpour. Miserable. I mean, for Georgia, that's just – freezing um but uh luckily they were able to get through it and it really made for an exciting sunday Mm -hmm. um with all all things considered but uh yeah pretty pretty fun masters we'll get into more detail about it but uh i've seen more exciting ones but i've seen more boring ones as well Mm -hmm. so but i have a birdie or bogey question for you this week i am one stroke up so uh, this is this is a big one. Jim Nance, as you know, uh, last Monday he called his last Final Four. He's been calling Final Fours for CBS since 1990. Okay. What school made the most Final Fours while he was calling games with, without winning a championship? Without winning a championship. Okay. Okay. That's a really good question. Most Final Fours without winning a title. Mm-hmm. Man, I can't even remember who all four teams <laughs> that made the final four last year. <clears throat> Most that didn't had not won a title. I would have said, well, I don't know. Good, that's a really good question. I'm going to get it wrong, so I'm just going to mark myself a. Uh, bow I don't know. Right. I've heard that many times, and then come <laughs> around seven thirty Eastern right. time, you get it right. So. Birdie Bogey is brought to you by Arlington Public House. Arlington Public House has upscale cuisine and cocktails with a casual atmosphere located at 703 Main Street in Rochester, Indiana. Over the weekend, their weekend special was fish and chips. Two beer-battered hake, hake, H-A-K-E, I don't know, fillets, crispy fries, and your choice of side salad toss and lemon vinaigrette or creamy coleslaw. I mean, you, you know my love for coleslaw. That I do, that I do, and I, and I like fish, and I like seafood, and uh, can't go wrong with fish and chips. Um, I've never had that kind of fish, but I heard from some people that had it over the weekend that it was very good. So. They've also been uh, bringing back some, or bringing out some of uh, the former restaurant there in Rochester, Primo's menu. Uh, they had uh, the Primo's, uh, the Melt um, Yes. On, uh, I, I, I don't know if it's part of their normal menu or if it's just special. It's a smashed burger with a Swiss cheese and cheese skirt on a bed of slow-cooked bourbon onion jam. Pretty well, good. well, Dreddy's and Arlington Public House became friends with uh, Primo's, so they got some of their recipes when Primo's left Rochester. So and, they can uh, continue for, it on. Yeah. Uh, Arlington Public Of course, I moved before it switched to Arlington Public House. It was the other side. Correct. Um, and uh, Primo's were two of my uh, favorites there in yep. uh, Rochester. Two great things combining. I like it. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, let's get right into the Masters, shall we? We, we kind of talked about it in the begin- beginning of the show. Um, so we can uh, just talk about it right there. And I kind of gave the final away with uh, the Spaniard winning comment. Uh, John Rahm, 28-year-old Spaniard, won his second major. He won the U.S. Open in 2021 and now wins the masters not really a huge surprise he was one of the favorites going in i believe he was the third favorite in most betting books um but after a hole after one hole in his thursday round a lot of people were calling him out because he got double bogey uh first hole on thursday he four putted the green 
and got a double bogey, but then he fought back, had a good round, and he was just steady all weekend long. When he needed to hit a big shot yesterday, he did it. And he just makes clutch putts. The guy's unfazed around the greens. Um, This will not be the last major John Rahm wins. He's a very good player. He's now number one in the world again. Passing Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler himself and Rory McIlroy have kind of just passed the number one ranking in the world around the last couple of years. And uh, I, I actually think, I'll go on record, I think John Rahm will win each major. I think he'll also win a PGA Championship and an Open Championship, or a.k.a. the uh, British Open, by the time he calls it a career. I mean, he's only 28 years old. Um, he has power. He has a good short game. There's really no weaknesses in his game. His weakness at one point, in my opinion, was his temper. I thought he used to have a really bad temper, but now that he's a father of two, um, it seems like he's calmed down a little bit. Maturity Uh, does wonders, too. Yeah. So next year, the uh, Masters Champions dinner menu will be some Spanish food. Mm. Hmm. The real question is, will John Rahm complete the career Grand Slam before Rory does? Man, uh, I want to say no, but... Seems it seems like we've been talking about Rory, uh, or, or like five or six years ago, we're saying, "Oh, Rory's easily going to do it because I mean, he's already won three of them." Yeah, uh, he did not play good this week. The J Man curse is real, and it lives on for at least another year. As he missed the cut, and didn't he make last year? I think he got third in the Masters. Yeah, he, he had a and he struggled, if I remember, the first two rounds, and somehow made the cut, and then went scorched earth right on Saturday and Sunday to get back in it. Which, that's how he started Thursday. He started bad, and then he got hot on the back nine and turned into a respectable round. But then Friday, the wheels just fell off. Um, so he's still looking for that Masters victory that would give him the career grand slam. I mean, Rory's been a really good player since 2014, don't get me wrong, but he hasn't won a major since 2014. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe he's won a couple of tour championships. But uh, he just he can't, he can't get over that hump. Um I, I just think it comes down to putting pressure on himself now. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got to. Um, but he was out. But we had a lot of other big names in the mix. Uh, Phil Mickelson. Not many people saw that coming. He has not been playing good golf the last year ever since he joined uh, Live Golf. And uh, he had it this week. But nobody knows Augusta National better than Phil Mickelson. And he was right there in the mix. He shot a, a, a 65 yesterday, which is the lowest round by um, – anybody in their 50s in Augusta history. And uh, he was right there, as was his Live Golf, uh, one of his Live Golf brethren, Brooks Kepka, who I think that's what shocked a lot of people is usually when Brooks Kepka has a lead in a major on a Sunday, he doesn't lose it. Mm-hmm. Yesterday he lost it. And his driver was just all over the place, couldn't hit many fairways. He was recovering all right, but then he wasn't hitting a lot of putts. I think he went 19 straight holes from yesterday morning through the afternoon without getting a birdie until he finally got one. Just can't do that. Um, and once you get behind, like once Rom flipped his two-stroke um, disadvantage into a two-stroke advantage, it was just hard for Brooks to catch up. Um, and any time it looked like he had some hope, Rom kind of shut the door. Um, but Brooks will be a contender, I think, in the rest of the three majors. And, and really, I thought this weekend proved to me, okay, you had 17 guys from Live Golf in the Masters. I think 12 of them made the cut. And three were in contention. Patrick Reed, I mean, never – he didn't fish in the top five, but he fished in the top ten. Um, in my opinion, golf's got to figure out how to give the live golf guys world rankings. Because right now, the system that makes world rankings won't give them world rankings. So the guys who are playing in the majors right now are just ones who qualify for the time being. But here in a year or two, unless you're a past major champion, you're probably not going to get in. And the live golf, I mean, okay, a majority of the world's best players are on the PGA Tour still, but live golf still has also a number of the world's best players. And they got a young stud from Europe who's only like 21, who the world needs to see. Um, so they got they got to figure that out. Um, it seems like the guys, unless everybody's lying to us, the guys on the tour and live golf got, got along pretty good this week. Uh, at Augusta, there was no huge drama. Uh, they did say Phil and Sergio were pretty quiet at the Champions Dinner earlier that week, more quiet than usual. But I think everybody got along. I know there was a lot of people nervous about that, you know, would the drama overtake Scotty Scheffler's night? But it didn't sound like it did. Um, so got to figure that out because um, the live guys can still play in the other majors this year, but we'll see going forward. 
Um, and Tiger Woods made the cut, so he keeps his consecutive cut streak going at Augusta National. I think he's up to 23, which ties him for the most all time. He's never missed a cut there in his career. I made it right on the number, but then his body just couldn't hold up yet again. Um, had a withdrawal after uh, trying to give it a go on, on Saturday. And, and I hate thinking this, but he was six over on Saturday through seven holes. I wonder in the back of my mind if he tries to gut it out if he's in the mix, you know, and not 54th mm-hmm. place. Yeah. Um, I mean, the guy has nothing to prove at this point in his career. Absolutely nothing. He's even been on record saying he's only going to play five to six tournaments a year. So he's definitely slowing down. It, it was rough seeing him literally just limp around mm-hmm. on Saturday. It's like, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know if his body can hold up yeah. for 72 holes well, anymore. I, I don't know if it's true or not, but I saw on Twitter that a screw uh, from his knee surgery had poked through his skin. They they were Jason Day was that came out today on Twitter. I saw that Jason Day said that's what happened at the PGA Championship last year wow. to Tiger. But still, that was news to everybody today. Had not heard that. So, yeah, that's not good if that's no. starting to happen. <laughs> that sounds painful. Um, but I mean, I mean, the guy. I mean, give him credit for trying to get it out, mm-hmm. but he, he just couldn't do it. And unfortunately, you know, you look at it's like if he can't get it out. Or, or give it a go health-wise for 72 holes, he's taking a spot from somebody that could. Yeah. Um, and I hate thinking that way because he does draw the eyeballs. The average golf fan or even the non-golf fan around the major season will probably tune in just to see how Tiger Woods is doing. He he has that movement. He, he moves the needle like that. But uh, he was never really in contention. I mean, he was just fighting to make the cut. And, and even making the cut at the age of 47 with all the injuries and physical problems he's had, quite the accomplishment. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if he's healthy enough to play the PGA Championship when it comes around next month. I don't know. I really don't. I really don't. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the PGA Tour is very happy that a live guy did not win. Oh, yeah. Um, and Brooks, it'd been a few years since he'd been in contention. He'd have he'd had some knee issues too. And I know a lot of people. I, I know you're not a big Brooks guy, but a lot of people. I don't mind him. To, he's okay. To, to see him just kind of be in contention again, but he did not play well yesterday. Yeah, my dad was bomb. Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson are my dad's favorite two golfers. So uh, my my dad does tune into the Live Golf events, which which are on CW. By the way, yeah. for everybody that did not know that, that is their. I, I, I did hear Jim Nance's little uh, commentary, yeah. uh, which is pretty yeah. funny. CBS, it was interesting. They didn't want to show those guys unless they had to. It seemed like and once Mickelson got going and Patrick Reed got going, of course, Kepko was already going. They had to. But I did find it interesting. They never interviewed Phil Mickelson after his round. <laughs> Usually somebody fires a 65 and gets back in contention. They interview him yeah. inside the clubhouse. Didn't do that. Of course, they did interview Brooks, but he, he um, you know, was right up there in the final group. You kind of have to, especially when he finishes in the top five. But that was interesting. And really, it'll be really interesting how NBC handles it when it comes around the U.S. Open because they really try not to show guys from Love Golf or mention Love Golf because NBC owns the Golf Channel. Golf Channel tries not to talk about it unless they have to. And, and you've right. had, you even have Golf Channel analysts such as Brandel Chamblee who ripped certain PGA Tour guys for years. Now he's fans of those guys and he won't say anything nice about the Live Golf guy. So it is an interesting dynamic. It's going to be interesting to yeah. follow the next few years. But in my opinion, as a golf fan, they have to find a way to get the live guys who are really good in these tournaments as well mm-hmm. going forward because, okay, that's fine if they can't play in the other PGA Tour events, even including the players, which is the biggest non-major event. But for the Masters, PGA Championship, U.S. Open, and Open Championship, got to find a way to get these guys in or at least give them a shot to qualify or something right. because because if if the major championships are supposed to be for the best in the world, you're you're leaving some guys out. I mean, if so you're saying you're going to tell me that Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson um, – even Patrick Reed, Phil Mickelson this week. Um, he's not always the best in the one of the best in the world, but this week he was. You tell me that you're going to say no to those guys. I mean, they, even some of those guys, y'all eyeballs. Right. So um, just, just really interesting moving forward. Uh, the only part of drama was Sergio Garcia was mad at the media after his round, which not surprising. Say, Sergio he, always seems mad. He's always mad. And he was blaming the media for stirring this whole rivalry up between Liv and PGA Tour. And the media was going back at him and, it wasn't, wasn't real pleasant. So, uh, one live guy who did not play well was Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, 
he has not played well in about two years. Um, it's kind of funny. And I like Bryson DeChambeau, but it's kind of humorous. He made a comment a few years ago. He thought Augusta was easy enough. It could be a par 67 course. <laughs> Ever since he made that comment, he hadn't broke 70 <laughs> at Augusta. Yeah. So the golf gods are kind of giving him a punch right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we will see what happens at the PGA Championship come next month. Uh, maybe it'll be Rory's time to get another major there. But no matter what, he's got to wait a whole another year to uh, to win the Masters. So, mm-hmm. um, one question I have: Sam Bennett, who is an yeah. amateur golfer, uh, he was he was in contention up until yesterday, mm-hmm. um, and I, I know he can't accept any money or he loses amateur status. Uh, do you have to? announce you're going to go pro before the tournament yes before okay yep yep um and he i believe he played in the texas a&m aggie invitational today or at least he was planning (laughs) on it it's a 36 hole tournament of course in college you have to walk with your clubs and everything Mm -hmm. so i'm like i'm like man that's that's a grinder that's a diehard there but you know he probably don't want to let his teammates down or anything and he'll be turning pro within the next year He's a senior, but uh, really cool for him that he was the only amateur out of seven to make the cut and to be in contention. That's saying something. I can't imagine the nerves there. Um, Yeah, hopefully. And a lot of times these amateurs don't really turn out to be great pros once they turn pro, but hopefully he does. Seems like a very nice nice young man. Um, And I'm glad you brought that up because he was another headliner this weekend Um, Mm -hmm. uh, because that's how Bryson DeChambeau kind of – made a name for himself from SMU a couple years ago. He was in contention until the weekend when he was an amateur. That's now not a couple years ago. That was close to a decade ago. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's always because Augusta, Bobby Jones, that's one thing he always um, made amateur golf a big priority of his. So he's the one who founded Augusta National. So, cool. Yep. Um, I have a word association here, uh, which is Masters related. Cool. I have 15 guys here that finished second. Oh, okay. I'm gonna finish runner-up, uh, starting with uh, Rory McIlroy. He's tied for second last year. I mean, he's he's on the edge of being one of the greatest of all time. Uh, he he was hot track through 2014 to be the next big thing. You're thinking, holy cow, how he's got to win double-digit majors, and it just hasn't happened for him. But he's still he's the face of the PGA Tour now. I would say, mm-hmm. aside from Tiger, what Tiger will always be the face as long as he's playing. But as an active golfer, Rory's the face, and. Uh, He's got a lot of fans, but he's got a lot of haters, too. Um, but I, I don't mind Rory. I don't have a problem with him. Uh, Will Zalatoris. He was in the news today. Uh, he actually, uh, his back injury flared up at Augusta, and he ended up having surgery over the weekend, and he's done for the season. So, which, wow. really, which really stinks because he's a young young talent in the PGA Tour that's been real close to winning a couple majors and just hasn't yet. He only has one Tour victory, but he's always around when he plays. He's a pretty good player, and hopefully he can get healthy soon and get back out there next year. Cameron Smith. Yeah, Cam Smith, a guy I picked to win. He did make the cut. He's a live golf guy that did make the cut, but he was really never in contention this week. He won the um, Open Championship last year uh, over Rory. And uh, it wouldn't shock me if he wins another major here in, in the near future. Um, yeah, he's really come on the last couple of years and uh, solid player. Dustin Johnson. Uh, another love guy. Uh, he has two majors <laughs> to his credit. He won the 2020 Masters when there was nobody there except members. It was the in October. It was the weirdest Masters ever. And he also won um, a U.S. Open. Should have. He, he could add one or if not two more majors. Uh should have been able to add one or two more majors throughout his career to his to his trophy case, but uh, uh, Dustin just laid back, doesn't seem to care. He's one of the, he and Harold Varner the third are I think the only two live guys to admit that they made the move just strictly for the money. Hey, at least they're honest. He was honest, um, saying he yeah. he probably doesn't need it because well, a lot of these guys don't need it, but he's also got Gretzky money. So that's a good point. Good point. Uh, Xander Schauffele. Yeah, Xander, he made the cup and never was really in uh, contention. Um, yeah, he's won. Um, going into every major, he's won a good dark horse usually to pick, or he, sometimes he's in the top ten in the, in the betting odds. Uh, another solid player. It reminds me a lot of John Rom, really, not just because they're both Callaway guys, but, um, yeah, young, solid American player. Uh, Ricky Fowler. <laughs> My guy, Rick. Uh, hated not watching him three years in a row. He hadn't qualified at Augusta because that's one of his better, 
better uh, courses. Um, yeah, the runner-up you're talking about was in 2018 when Patrick Reed won it. If Patrick Reed missed six-footer last hole, we would have won the playoff. Would have got interesting, but what meant to be? He's up to 59 59th in the world now, so it's moving in the right direction. And my goal for him, of course, is to get a win soon. But qualify for these next three majors this year and see what happens because he's he's starting to trend in the right direction again. It's just too bad he wasted three years with John Tillery. Uh, Justin Rose. Yeah, Rosie, another one made the cut. He's a he's a former major champion. Um, nice guy. I'm kind of surprised he didn't make a move to live golf, to be honest, but he stayed with the tour, and he's been around forever. Just been around forever. Uh, Lee Westwood. Live guy who was not in the Masters this year. Uh, he had more runner-ups there for a while than anybody in for a for a certain stretch of years. It's always knocking on the door, but unfortunately I think Father Time has passed him. I don't think he's got to get a major championship, and now he's over and live and just making money. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Spieth. Jordan made a run at it yesterday. Um, he was on fire. Uh, he and Phil were playing in the same group, and then hole 18 got Jordan again. Um, it's kind of like in 2018 he was making a move towards Patrick Reed, and hit a really bad drive on hole 18 and got a bogey. He did the same thing yesterday. It was really odd. The commentators were even talking about it before he teed off, and then it happened again. But when Jordan gets the putter going, he's still as dangerous as anybody. But kind of like Rory, hasn't won a major in a while, and he's looking for that career grand slam still at the PGA Championship. So he'll be a headline story next month. Mm-hmm. Phil. One of the greatest all-time ever to do it. Oldest major champion in history when he won the PGA Championship two years ago at the age of 50. Of course, he didn't play in a lot of majors last year because he felt bad about what he said about the Saudis before the Live Golf even got going, so he stepped away. Uh, crowd was still roaring for him pretty good over the weekend, though, and, and like I said, it was exciting to see him play by far his best uh, week of golf in, in the last year. And uh, I mean, he's still doing incredible things on the golf course at the age of 52. So, Jonas Blix. Wow, there's a name I forgot. I don't even know where he's at anymore. I don't think he's with Live Golf. I don't think he's on the tour anymore. Um, yeah, he was a Cobra Puma guy that looked like he was going to be young up-and-comer and got off the hot start and then never really came to fruition. I'm not even sure he ever got a tour win, to be honest. Hmm. Couldn't even told you um, he got a runner-up in the Masters. So, Yeah, I don't even remember what year it was now that I think about it. Um, is it Angel Cabrera? Angel Cabrera? Angel Cabrera. Um uh, multi-time major champion. I don't know if he still is, but one time he was serving jail time. Okay. And I don't remember uh, exactly what it was for either. So Interesting. Uh, Louis Oosthuizen. Louis, live golf guy. Uh, he uh, did not make the cut. He actually withdrew, but he was not going to make the cut. But he's one that he's uh, he's won once. He won the uh, 2011 Open Championship, but a guy who could have so many more. He's kind of like Lee Westwood. He's been runner-up many, many times. Um, age is starting to catch up with Louie, but, um, but he's a, he's a good player. Good player. Adam Scott. Scotty. Scotty had a good round one this past week. Uh, they couldn't keep it together, but, uh, he's another one that's only a one time, uh, uh, major champ, I, I believe, unless he, no, he almost should have won the open championship one year and didn't, um, but I always, I always like Adam Scott. He, we actually said he just tinkered with his equipment. So he was surprised he played as good as he did on Thursday because he literally changed like the shafts and his driver and irons, switched wedges, switched golf balls, and then, so he said he was trying to get used to it as he was out there, and it, but it worked for him. Why? Why do you guys do that? That's when you know you're playing really bad and you're looking no. for anything to work. And he sometimes, okay. like as a as a not very good amateur golfer like I am, sometimes if I'm not putting well or not hitting a driver well, if I can just get a different driver different putter in my hands it gives me a whole new confidence even though a lot of times it's not the equipment it's me but sometimes your brain you got you gotta like what you're looking down at if that makes sense makes sense yeah uh last one here uh kenny perry oh kenny heartbreaker he was a two-stroke lead i think with two holes to go and then lost in the playoff to angel cabrera uh kentucky native never won a major doing all right on the senior or on the champions tour now, but that was his one shot. And he, he, I remember going to, I think, I think my dad and I thought it was over pretty much. So we went to play golf that evening and then found out while we were in the golf course that he choked it away and lost in the playoff. And we were kind of bummed because he's a good guy. And that was his one chance. 
but that's fun. I like that. A lot of of guys I haven't talked about, especially Jonas Blix. I I don't know the last time I thought about Jonas Blix. (laughs) So that is the Word Associated segment, which is brought to you by Performer Print 2 Promo Group. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Performa Print 2 Promo Group has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs. You need to look no further. Let them be your one source of print and promotional company by giving Barbara Van Weinsberg a call today at 574-210-3815 or you can email her at barbara.vanweinsberg at proforma.com. We want to talk national championship real quick. Kind of forgot about it. It was yes, a, uh, I did not watch much of it, but we can talk about I, it. I did not watch the second half, but um, that was one of the most dominating runs I've seen a team have in the NCAA tournament. Uh, UConn Huskies won by double digits every single game, just blowing teams out. Um, it was it was an incredible run. Yeah, um, blowing teams out. Now, I mean. I still haven't heard too many people call him a blue blood, but I don't know. I don't know what the definition yeah, of a absolutely. blue blood is if you don't don't consider a program who's won five national titles since 1999 a blue blood. Mm-hmm. They've been in the national championship six times in their school history, and they've won five of them. That's yeah. pretty incredible. Um, they were a team that started the year unranked in the preseason, and then they got hot and climbed up way in the rankings. Then they kind of hit a roadblock, lost six of of eight games, and a lot of people forgot about them. But they were seated perfectly for themselves and found a good path. And like you said, just dominated everybody that came in front of them. And um, Hurley can coach. It'll be interesting to see where Connecticut goes from here. This is my uh, my opinion of why a lot of people don't probably don't consider them a blue blood. Is because after they win the national title, they either seem to miss the tournament for a couple of years, or if they get in, they don't get past the second round. They're they're yeah. early, an early exit. But maybe it'll be different now with with Hurley behind the helm. Yeah, Dan Hurley is a uh, proven program builder. Um, started out, uh, I don't even remember where he started out, but then he ended up at Buffalo. Um, was it Buffalo? Pretty sure it was Buffalo. Um, yes. And now he's obviously at UConn. Uh, but he, he took over some bad situations. Rhode um, Island. Rhode Island, not Buffalo. That, that's right. Rhode his Island, brother Rhode. was at Buffalo. Yes. Yeah. Started at Wagner, where his first year he went 13 and 17, second year went 25 and 6, then went to Rhode Island. First year he went eight and twenty-one. Was there six years in his final two years? Won at least twenty-five games. Made the NCAA tournament. Now he's at UConn. First year he went sixteen and seventeen. Four years later he's a national champ. So uh, proven program builder, and uh, it'll be interesting now that he's actually at a spot where he can stay for multiple years. Because um, some some guys can prove that they can build a team. It's all about sustaining it now. And um, Hurley hasn't been anywhere long enough to. Um, to sustain winning. He's been, um, I'm going to wait till Tanner gets his headphones back on. Um, what, what, what I was saying is Hurley hasn't been, um, he's a proven program builder where he's there five or six years and gets them to the pinnacle of where they can get, um, the ceiling of where they can get. Uh, now it'll be interesting if he can sustain winning. Cause he hasn't had to do that yet, which, some, right. which, which, which some guys can build a team and then kind of just taper off. I, this is a weird, um, weird comparison, but Theo Epstein, for example, could build a team, Red Sox, 2004, and then they, of course, they won in 2007, but kind of flatlined. Cubs built him all the way up 2016, never got better, and he even said it himself, he's, he's really good at building and he's terrible at maintenance. Um, so it'll it's, be interesting to see if Dan Hurley can uh, be good at maintenance. It's kind of like guys like that are good when there's no expectations. Then when mm-hmm. the expectations come after you've had success, then they kind of struggle. So, yeah, yeah we'll see how he does. I got to think they'll be ranked pretty high next year. I don't know what, yeah. what their graduation numbers look like. Um, their best guard, Jordan Hawkins, entered the NBA draft. I don't know if he yeah. maintained college el- eligibility or not. Uh, there's been rumors floating around that Sonogo is going to put his name in the transfer portal, uh, get a $10 million NIL deal somewhere. Um, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I don't like it either. Uh, That's not what this was for, but yep. <laughs> you know, it's yep. it's supposed to be players were supposed to get a kickback from a billboard or jersey or yeah. stuff like that. Make now money it's just off a, their name, which I'm totally for. Now it's just yeah, a free yeah, for all. Be able to. Yep. It's I mean, free the, the uh... student of student athlete is yesterday's news, unfortunately. Yep. For for yep. for major sports, I should say, not for every sport. Yeah, um, no, no wonder a guy like Jay Wright wanted to get out. Yep, yep. He could. 
Yeah. So. But uh, college basketball has come and gone, and I'm laughing. Uh, like we, I know we kind of mentioned this last week. You, you guys got to laugh at these way too early uh, top 25 yeah. polls because yeah. we don't even know. I mean, guys are still entering the portal every day more and more, and we don't know who's going to be on whose team till probably July. So uh, I know Purdue and Illinois both added guys yesterday. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, over the weekend yeah. and today. Um, yeah, they so they we'll both see. rated the Southern Illinois salute. Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Uh, yeah, Carbondale is not going to be a popular place for Illini fans or Boilermaker fans. Yeah. So um, we'll see. But, um, yeah, no, it was a, a interesting, interesting college basketball season. Um, I still yeah. enjoyed it for the most part until the tournament itself. But uh, I'm going to enjoy the spring in college football before uh, the nerves of – of uh, being a college basketball fan come up again. I enjoyed it in November, hated it in <laughs> December, enjoyed it in January. Uh, Mid-February, I started hating it again. Um, <laughs> and that carried on to the end of the year. So. Roller coaster. Yep. 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 It's, it's just in my, in, my, in my case, from now on, I can enjoy a regular season, but come March, no matter what happens, I'm going to be just as nervous as ever. Yep. Doesn't matter to see, doesn't matter the opponent, doesn't matter anything. So yep. it's it yep. again, it it felt better being a nine seed than it did being a one seed. You know, yep. uh, they're just if they won, great. If they lost, it's over. You know, where oh. one seed, you're trying to win a national title. There's there there's no there's no silver lining if you lose uh, as a one seed. Hey, and nine seed Florida Atlantic proved this year you can still make a final four as a nine seed. Yeah. Chips fell their way big time, but hey, that's yeah. part of it. That's part of it. Yeah. A lot of times yeah, making a runs, work. making a runs luck. A lot of times. Yep. So, yep. 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 So, but it was, it's, it is going to be weird without Jim Nance next year calling the Final mm-hmm. Four in the National Championship game since he's yeah. done that since 1990. I I personally like uh, Ian Eagle more uh, than Jim he Nance. He does a good on, job on, on college basketball and on the NFL, really. Um, is Nance still going to do the Masters and that kind of stuff? Yeah, he'll still do golf. Yep, he'll do the – and he doesn't call every golf tournament CBS does. He calls the majority of them. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. he'll still do golf and um, and NFL. So he's still got a pretty good gig going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's got got a young kid too. People forget about that. He's got a young kid. He he doesn't really do college basketball until March anyway. No, he doesn't. I mean, he he works three three college basketball weeks pretty much. Yep. Yep, that's yeah. true. Any more thoughts, College Hoops? Nope. All right. We want to get educated know. real quick before we talk Let's MLB and, and NFL draft. Let's do it. All right. Sporting events on this day on April 10th throughout the history of time. Let's see here. There's a good one. On this day, 1913, the New York Highlanders played their first MLB game as the New York Yankees. They lost to the Washington Centers 2-1 at Griffith Stadium. Remember, I always used to love playing at Griffith Stadium on um, yes. MLB The Show. Yep. And uh, President Woodrow Wilson threw out the first pitch that game. Mm-hmm. On this day, 1916, the Professionals Golf, the Professional Golfers Association of America, the PGA, was founded in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, on this day in 1934, uh, the Stanley Cup Finals was held in Chicago Stadium, Chicago, Illinois. The Blackhawks beat the Detroit Red Wings 1-0 in double overtime for the 3-1 series win, which was the Blackhawks' first Stanley Cup title. Did they even win another one until 2010? I want to say yes, but I don't know what year. On this day, 1947, Jackie Robinson became the first black player of the 20th century to sign an MLB contract. The Brooklyn Dodgers GM Branch Ritchie announced the Dodgers had bought Robinson's contract from the Montreal Royals. On this day, 1949, the 13th U.S. Masters Tournament was held. Who won the green jacket? 1949, yes. uh, Sam Snead. It was Sam Snead. Won his first of three green jackets. Uh, who won the NBA championship on this day in 1953? 53, was it the Minneapolis Lakers? It was the Minneapolis Lakers. They beat the New York Knicks 94, 80, 91-84 in a 4-1 to series victory, their fifth title in six years. And Did you look at this on this day earlier? No. Nope. Don't All even right. have it pulled up. 
All right. This is pretty impressive so far. Uh, Who won the 19th Masters on this day, 1955? 55 was that... um, 55. I've heard of Sam Snead. Who's the other guy that uh, back in the... I have no idea. Yeah, I think you were trying to think of Ben Hogan. Ben Hogan was. was runner. Oh. He was runner-up in this one. A guy named Kerry Middlecoff beat him by seven strokes. Uh, who won the ninth NBA championship on this day in 1955? 55? Um, I don't even know who was in the NBA. I'll give you a hint. Time. Both of these teams are not in the league anymore. That not in the league or did they move? somewhere oh they moved good point they moved and renamed and stuff i have no no idea the syracuse nationals beat the fort wayne pistons four games of three fort wayne pistons uh moved to detroit yes they did that's why yeah the nationals became the uh, i think philadelphia 76ers eventually down the line down the line i think uh all right i'm gonna skip a few masters 1960 uh, arnold palmer won 1961 gary player won um, let's see. On this day, 1971, the Philadelphia Phillies opened their new home Veterans Stadium with a 4-1 win over the Montreal Expos. 55,352 was the largest crowd ever to watch an MLB game in the state of Pennsylvania. Huh. Yeah, Veterans Stadium obviously wasn't around that long because they ended up demolishing it in 2003, 2002, yep. something like that. Yep. On this day, 1977, uh, Tom Watson won, the, won his first of two. Green Jackets. Uh, on this day, 1978, the formation of Major Indoor Soccer League was announced. I thought that was going to be the MLS. That's why I was reading it, and it was not. Okay. Uh, on this day, 1983, Baltimore Orioles' Eddie Murray got his talent career hit. Yeah, quite a few more after that. On, yes, he did. On this day, 1988, Sandy Lyle claimed his second major title with the Green Jackets. Um, who won the Masters in 1994? 94. Um, they did show this guy on TV yesterday. I have no idea. Spain's Jose Maria Abathabo. It was the first of two Masters titles. He also won one in the year 2000. You could have given me an (laughs) infinity amount of guesses. Who won the Masters in 2005? 05. I'm just going to. Throw out Tiger. Tiger Woods won his fourth green jacket on a one-hole playoff over Chris DeMarco. That was the year he had the chip on 16 where the ball stopped for half a second. The Nike logo shows, then it falls that. in. They show it every single year. Yep. And on this day, 2011, who won the Masters? 2011, I should know this because I looked up the runner-ups. Um Don't even have runner, a guess. Runner-up was Adam Scott and Jason Day. Uh, the winner was Charles Swartzel. He birdied the final four holes. Uh, two more Masters. Who won the Masters on this day in 2016? 16? Uh, was that Bubba Watson? That was not Bubba. It was a forgettable winner, Danny Willett. Won his uh, first and only majors title, three strokes ahead of Lee Westwood and defending champion Jordan Spieth, who blew a pretty sizable lead that day and on this day last year who won the green jacket uh was that morikawa he won last year no he is not a master's champion shoot who was it scotty scheffler scheffler that's right he beat roy mcroy by uh, three strokes Hmm. what didn't morikawa win a uh major he's won he's he's won yeah he's won an open championship and a pga championship Hmm. so he's won he's won won two So, and that is the On This Day for April 10th brought to you by Mooney Woodcrafts. Mooney Woodcrafts is a veteran-owned and operated woodcraft shop based out of North Carolina with Indiana grassroots. They provide 100% hand-cut custom designs to fit your needs, and their pieces are a great addition to any home, office, or man cave. You can see some of their recently completed projects by visiting them on Instagram and on Facebook with at Mooney Woodcrafts as their handle on those two sites. And if you let them know the Tan and J-Man show sent you, you get 15% off your order. So get those signs in. Perfect uh, perfect Father's Day gift for the fathers. Yeah. Father's Day is coming up in June. So especially if you got a baseball fan in your life, get them. Uh, if that can do anything, he sent me a, he's uh, working on a Michigan Wolverines sign. And I even Ooh. said puke, I said puke to Michigan, but good looking sign. <laughs> 
What's going on in the world of the MLB, J-Man? MLB, the Tampa Bay Rays. They're hot. 9-0 and to start the season. They are just demolishing everyone. They haven't exactly played Murderer's Row, but they got to play who they have to play. Uh, they've played the Nationals, they've played the Oakland A's, and they've played another terrible team. I forget who it was. But uh, they have a plus 57 run differential through first nine <laughs> games, uh, which is the third highest ever. Uh, only the St. Louis Maroons in 1884 who? and the New York <laughs> the New York Gotham's, which that's that's a really cool name, uh, in 1884 cool um, had a uh, higher run differential through nine games. Uh, yeah, they're the first team since 1884 with a run differential of more than 50. Uh, and in 1884, the mound was 50 feet from home, and it was the first year pitchers were allowed to throw the ball overhand. So they are, <laughs> How did they th- what? So they threw it underhand before then? They must have. I don't know. Um, the Rays have hit more home runs this year than they've allowed runs total. Um, so they are just just killing it. Scorched um, Earth right now. Scorched Earth is correct. Um, that's a really good division though. Yankees are six and three. Blue Jays are six and four. Uh, Red Sox are even over five hundred, which I don't think that'll last very long. Uh, and the Orioles are sitting there at. Uh, at four and five, uh, the uh, there are well, the Orioles are um, five games out of the AL East, which that is the largest deficit any team is facing. Um, but the second largest deficit uh, is tied between two teams: the Detroit Tigers, are four games out. They have been the worst team besides the Oakland A's in baseball this year. St. Louis Cardinals are four games out of the division already. Uh, it's obviously stupid. Enjoy it. Enjoy it six. now. I'm enjoying it while I can. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers are seven and two. They've been the second best team in all of baseball uh, so far. They're pitching really well and they're hitting. Uh, it's been been kind of annoying so far, but only nine games in. Uh, it's bound to change uh, significantly. Uh, Cubs had a pretty good week. They went uh, three and two uh, this past week. They're pitching really well. Their offense is starting to. Uh, heat up a little bit. Um, they have the lowest team ERA in the national league. Uh, as far as starting pitchers go 3.13 ERA, uh, their top two guys, Justin Steele and Marcus Stroman to start the season. They've only given up one earned run in 24 innings. Um, they've given up 56 combined balls in play so far, and neither guy has given up a barrel yet. So, uh, soft, soft contact. They're striking guys out. Um, and Justin Steele, He's one of the more uh, underrated pitchers in all of baseball um, so far here the past couple years. Since June 29th of last year, uh, he is second in baseball in ERA for a starting pitcher. He has a 1.49 ERA since June 29th of last year. The only guy with a better ERA is Justin Berlander, who was at uh, 1.26. Um, so he, is, he has turned into one of the rare, uh, very rare, uh, homegrown starting pitching prospects who actually turned out to be pretty well uh, to pitch pretty well. Um, but uh, yeah, offense playing well. I really like Dansby Swanson. He, he just brings that uh, kind of winning uh, pedigree with him. And he's uh, he's played hard, played great defense. And he seems like a fantastic leader as well. And it's, it's helping that he's hitting so far too. He's hitting 375 uh, right now. Um Ian Happ's been great as well. He has an OPS over a thousand. Patrick Wisdom, uh, only twenty-five or twenty-seven played appearances so far, but uh, it looks like he's uh, he's made some pretty significant adjustments, and uh, he's he's their leader in homers with three. Uh, they've only hit uh, seven as a team, which is thirteenth in the National League. So uh, so far, they've been uh, doing what they've had to do in order to win games: pitch well, play great defense. Uh, they're making contact. Uh, they're not going to slug a whole lot. Uh, sounds like Seiya Suzuki should be back here um, at the end of the week when they go out west to L.A., uh, which that'll be an ad, obviously an added bonus to uh, this lineup that is third in the National League, batting average, uh, but they're 12th in slugging. So uh, they'll they'll need some more slug. Um, so hopefully uh, he'll come in and um, play well uh, right away. But uh, as I said, Steele, Stroman have been fantastic. Jameson Tyone is 0-2 already but his peripherals look so much better than his actual uh, number suggests. It seems like he's been very unlucky. Uh, their bullpen's been fantastic. Michael Former, who's their closer, struck out seven guys in three and a third innings. Keegan Thompson's been great. Mark Leiter Jr. has been good. Albert Azalai has been good. 
Red Box Burger's been good. So uh, they just, uh, if they uh, keep improving and um, playing to their strengths, uh, they should be, they should be in contention, uh, especially with the added um, wild card team um, come um, trade deadline. So, uh, but elsewhere around baseball, we have the Braves leading the NL East, which is probably where they'll stay. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks and San Diego Padres are tied atop the NL West. Uh, the LA Angels and Texas Rangers are tied atop the AL West. Go, I'm just I'm rooting for the Angels. <laughs> I think everybody is, uh, to be honest. Yeah, Trout and Otani deserve to get in. Uh, Minnesota Twins leading the NL Central. White Sox are five and six. They did. If, if, if the Angels are out of it by trade deadline, or look to be out of it, look and sell. Do you think there's any chance one, if not both, those guys get traded? Um, Trout is probably very unlikely because his contract's huge, but uh, Shohei Otani is a free agent, so he'll uh, I'm sure he'll be on the chopping block and um, there was a report it's from Bob Nightingale, so you gotta take it with a grain of salt, that said uh, the Cubs are the sleeper to sign Shohei Otani this offseason. They were the only team outside of the West Coast that made it onto his uh, preferred team list when he was uh, coming over from Japan. Uh, likely he'll stay out in the West Coast anyway, and I hate Bob Nightingale for getting who my is that? Up even a Who's Bob smidge. Nightingale? Um, he's probably the worst. Um, <laughs> what whatever he says on Twitter or wherever, it usually the exact opposite happens. So that's why I said take him with a grain of salt. He's he, he's I think he actually is a sporting news. Okay. I didn't even know the sporting news was still a thing. Um, he's a sporting news writer, I believe. Um, but then John Heyman came out today and just squashed it and said he'd be he'd be shocked if the Cubs even make a run because they don't make because uh, they don't spend money. So he's he's speculating as well. No one knows anything. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'd be tickled pink if uh, Shohei Otani uh, is a Chicago Cub next year. Got got a whole season to go, uh, but are already looking towards the offseason. <laughs> but uh, that's 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 when the real season starts. The offseason. That's true. That's what Reds fans say. <laughs> is what they say, and they're uh, hoping it gets here sooner rather than later. Although they're hanging in there, four and four. But uh, I see Votto's not uh, hitting yeah. good in his rehab assignment. Yeah, Votto did not hit good at the major league level last year, and he's now not hitting good at the AAA level. So uh-huh. uh, he's, he's he's probably at the level where his skill set yeah. um, is. That's where his skill set yep. is now. AAA. Yep. Uh, I think that's about all I got for uh, major league baseball this week. Uh, NBA playing games. Uh, who you got? Uh, who you got uh, tomorrow? Hawks or Heat? So, do you, do you know how it works? Because I don't know how it works. Uh, do they? Is it single elimination? Yes. Yeah, like when you're in, when you're in, you lose, you're out. It's a one gamer. So Heat and Hawks play mm-hmm. for the seven um, eight. Yep. Give me my Miami Heat. They're at home. I like that pick. Timberwolves at the L.A. Lakers tomorrow night. Uh, the Wolves had some controversy yesterday. Rudy Rudy Gobert threw a punch at uh, Kyle Anderson. Uh, they, that happened a couple times yesterday where Bones Highland and Mason Plumley got into it, which Bones is kind of – He's a head case. Seems like he's, I was going to say he seems like he's become kind of a headache. Yep. I mean, he was on – the team that ended up getting the number one seed in the West, but he wanted out because he wanted more. Uh, yeah, more he was going to be the sixth, arguably sixth man of the year, and yeah. he was yeah throwing a uh, fit. He'd, he'd rather yeah rather go to a worse team mm-hmm. to uh, put up more shots. So he's obviously not a very good culture guy. And then he's getting into it with uh, with a wily old vet, uh, Mason Plumley. Um, Timberwolves play who? They play the Lakers. Uh, give me the Lakers. I think Lakers, Lakers have been playing some really good basketball, unfortunately, and they're uh, they're a very scary seven seed. Well, I believe how it works actually is the winner of these games would play the winner of the games Wednesday night. So I think gotcha. they're each. I think that because the the Wednesday night games the nine and tens. You got the Bulls at Toronto. Yeah, uh, give me Toronto. I'll Bulls take Toronto suck. as well. And, <laughs> and Thunder at New Orleans. Um, the Thunder, 40 and 42, their average age on their roster is 22 years old. Uh, they'll be around for a while, you think, although all those guys become free agents at the same time want max deals. Um, but uh, give me uh, – I for, who did you, you say they're playing? The Pelicans? Yes. Um, why am I not remembering the Pelicans' best player who played at Duke? Zion uh, Williams. Zion. He uh, he's out. It sounds like which it's becoming a. He theme barely of his ever career. plays. Uh, um, 
Give me Oklahoma City. Close one. My dad corrected me. I'm glad he follows NBA closer than I do. He said the seven versus eight winner gets in the playoffs. The loser plays the winner of nine versus ten. Winner of that no game becomes idea. the eight seed. Cool. Okay. So, he was pretty yep. close. Yep. So. Um, controversy around the Dallas Mavericks, though, as they uh, they sat their guys um, against the Bulls over the weekend. Um, seems like they're trying to tank for a better draft pick, so the NBA is investigating. The NBA won't do a single thing. Nope. Um, but, uh, that's becoming a very unlikable team. Uh, Kyrie's, he, he, he kills franchises. Yep. Just kills them. Yep. That's a player that doesn't matter how talented he is. It's not worth it. Yep. I agree. Yep. So, and, and then the Pacers won a meaningless game yesterday and hurt their draft chances against the Knicks. <laughs> that's about fitting. So. Um, the worst team in, in basketball by five games this year was the Detroit Pistons. They went 17 and 65. And their coach is out. Brutal, so. Dwayne Casey's out. Yeah. Uh, so they're probably, they have the best odds to get that Victor Wimbayana or whatever his name is, uh, who is the arguably the best draft prospect in NBA history, according to some. I'm just looking forward in a few years when, when the Sonics had a number one pick. Yeah. Well, that means they weren't very good unless they're an expansion team. They got to be expansion, yes. They got to be expansion, so. and even then, they'll probably have normal pick because they probably won't be very good right away. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. All right. Well, I finally got around to doing a mock draft. It's my first of probably what will be two. I'm not gonna do three. I don't think that would be doing three pretty close together. But I'll do one the week of the draft. But here's my first mock draft. I do once again for anybody who this is the first time you're seeing or hearing my mock draft. I don't do trades. I just, that gets too complicated for me. I just, and I know this is unrealistic that there would be a first round with no trades, but that's just how I do it. So I, I think a lot of people, their favorite part of the Bach drafts is to see uh, how, how, how you pronounce some of these guys' names. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a couple <laughs> out here that are going to be fun. Uh, first pick Carolina Panthers. They got this from the Chicago Bears in a trade a month or so ago. I have them taking CJ Stroud, quarterback from Ohio State. Um, I've seen him project number one. I've seen Anthony Richardson project number one. I've seen Bryce Young project number one. I think Stroud's the best of the three, but that's just my opinion, and I don't know much. So, number two, the Houston Texans, I have them getting their quarterback of the future, Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama. Number three, the Arizona Cardinals. It would not shock me to see them trade this pick, but like I said, I have them staying put. I have them taking Will Anderson, edge rusher from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Number four, Indianapolis Colts. I have them taking a quarterback like I did in my bold predictions for 2023. Have them taking Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida. Maybe the most physical, yeah, um, gifted quarterback out of them all. I just don't think he's a very good quarterback. But I I, th- I think he will go in that range for sure. Number five, Seattle Seahawks got this from a uh, trade with the Denver Broncos last year. I have them taking Jalen Carter, D lineman from Georgia. A lot of people thought he might go number one if the Bears stayed there. And then some of his workouts, he tends to slip. And some of the experts, some have him going sliding down to the Bears at nine, but I have him going five to Seattle. Number six, Lions got this from a trade from the Rams. Have him taking Tyree Wilson, edge rusher from Texas Tech. Number seven, Las Vegas Raiders. I have him taking cornerback Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. One-time Purdue commit. Darn it. <laughs> uh Number eight, Atlanta Falcons. This was a tough one. I have them taking Luke, Lucas Van Ness, edge rusher from Iowa. First uh, non-Ohio uh, State guy to go out of the Big Ten. He is dating. Uh, it is the sister of – shoot. It is the sister of uh, – I'll look it up. I literally just saw it today. Number nine, Chicago Bears. They got this with the trade from Carolina. I have them getting Peter uh, Skoronsky. Uh Hometown kid right there, offensive tackle from Northwestern. So maybe that's just a hometown pick I like to throw in there. Um, Number 10, the Eagles, they get this from the Saints. I got them taking Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle from Ohio State. Number 11, Tennessee Titans. I could see them uh, trading, maybe going quarterback here, but I have them getting Tannehill a weapon in Quinton Johnson, wide receiver from TCU, national champion runner-up. Number 12, Houston Texans. They have this pick from a trade from Cleveland. I have them getting a home state boy and B. John Robinson, running back from Texas. Number 13, New York Jets. I have them take, take uh, getting some help for probably Aaron Rodgers, some pass rush help here. Uh, Broderick Jones, offensive tackle from Georgia. 
Number 14, New England Patriots. I have them taking Devin Witherspoon, cornerback Ooh. from Illinois. <laughs> Not let him fall to 14 for one. I, I don't think he will fall that far. Uh, but I hope uh, he does, just to spurt you I now. I hate him in New England. Number 15, Green Bay Packers. I have them getting Jordan Love or whoever their quarterback is or maybe Aaron Rodgers, whoever it is, some help with finally some wide receiver help with Jackson Smith. Uh, I can never pronounce Jigba. his name. Yeah, Njigba, uh, wide receiver from the Ohio State. A lot of Ohio State guys in this mock. Lucas Van Ness is dating Cole Komet's sister. Oh, okay. Old Notre, Notre Dame. Bears, yeah. yeah, Notre Dame uh, tight end. Number 16, Washington Commanders. I have them getting some offensive line help. They really need it. Darnell Wright, offensive tackle from Tennessee. Number 17, Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Steelers fans would love this pick. I have them taking Joey Porter Jr., cornerback from Penn oh, State. Sure. His daddy played there. He's re- He was a really good player at Penn State in his three years there, so Steelers fans would love that if he fell there. Number 18, Detroit Lions. I have them get some pass rush help taking Miles Murphy, edge rusher from Clemson. Number 19, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know they went and got Baker Mayfield, but I think he's a bridge gap for this guy, Will Levis, quarterback from Kentucky. Uh, number 20, Seattle Seahawks. I have them taking Nolan Smith, edge rusher from Georgia. 21, I have the Los Angeles Chargers taking Brian Branch, safety from Alabama. 22, Baltimore Ravens. They just got Odell Beckham Jr. over the weekend. I have them getting another wide receiver, though, really trying to reel Lamar back in. I have them taking Zay Flowers, wide receiver from Boston College. 23, Minnesota Vikings. I have them getting some defensive secondary help. They lost Harrison Smith and some other guys. Have them getting Deontay Banks, cornerback from Maryland. I have another cornerback going off the board at 24 to the Jaguars, Cam Smith from South Carolina. 25, the New York Giants, the G-Men, getting Daniel Jones, some wide receiver help here. Jordan Addison, wide receiver from University of Southern California. 26, the Dallas Cowboys. I have them taking a tight end from Utah, Dalton uh, Kincaid, I think. Kincaid, I think is how you pronounce that name. Uh, Number 27, the Bills. I have them taking Osiris Torrance. Offensive lineman from Florida. Number 28, the Cincinnati Bengals. They like Notre Dame tight ends. Tyler Eifert years ago. I have him taking Michael Mayer. He's an absolute stud, tight end from Notre Dame. 29, New Orleans Saints. Got this from San Francisco. And then uh, that was from San Francisco through Miami and Denver. I have him taking Maisie Smith, D lineman from Michigan. 30, the Philadelphia Eagles. I have him taking Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback from Mississippi State, although I'm not too confident he'll be there at 30. And 31, I got the Kansas City Chiefs taking Anton Harrison, offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Yeah, only 31 picks in this draft because uh, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross decided to uh, break some moves. <laughs> I was wondering earlier, I'm like, why is there only 31? Oh, yeah, Rossi uh, decided to not play fair. Had to uh, show up on a yacht with old Thomas Brady. <laughs> and, uh, bada bing, bada boom. Dolphins have zero draft picks. Oh, I gotta love it. Gotta love it. I'm Good right there stuff. with you. My team doesn't have a pick till the third round. So, yeah. yep, yep. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how much my next mock changes from here to then. But uh, enjoy Raps putting that whip. one together. Uh, two ish weeks from uh, Thursday. Two Thursday? weeks from Thursday. Yep. So I won't do one next week, but I'll have one the following week. So we'll see how much changes by then. We'll probably have a. Good, good idea. Who I have not done a book it yet, real quick. You haven't. You haven't. Um, this will be the J-Man's book of prediction of the week. Yeah, the Bulls lose and they get booted. <laughs> <laughs> J-Man's book of prediction of the week brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watching for Life Home Model Business Renters Workers Common Farm Insurance. Contact Travis to 1-989-4561. His email is travis.watching at ifnfb.com. All right, Jim Nance is done calling the Final Fours and National Championship Games. He's done it for CBS since 1990. What school has appeared the most in Final Fours that he has called but never won the National Championship that he's called? Michigan. You are tied with me, my friend, is Michigan four times. Yes, because I I was thinking who's been in it recently and lost, and I remember Michigan losing to Nova and losing to – Louisville, and then I know they lost Fab Five here. Michigan four times, Wisconsin, Ohio State three times each. I almost said Ohio State. I almost did. (laughs) All right, uh, bonus. This isn't a bonus for anything, but who won the most championships that Nance called? Oh, no, no. Who made the most Final Fours? Excuse me. Most Final Fours. I was going to say, it's got to be UConn that. uh, Most Final Fours. I'm sorry. um, UConn and Duke were tied, by the way, for championships. Okay. But Final Fours. Carolina? Yeah, with 12. 
I'm going to give myself another. Uh, no, you're not. I'm going to bump, bump myself up to 2.5. No, you're not. We are tied, though. <laughs> we are tied. Thanks for watching the Tan and J-Man Show. We will be back at it next Monday with another episode. Have a fantastic week, everybody.